My name is Kate the Socialite, and you're listening to episode 174 of The Kate Show, and today I'm talking all about how you can make your website irresistible to new clients. So, guys, did you know a website is supposed to bring you new clients? My question is, does yours? Every designer, stager, organizer, and window treatment pro's website has a huge task to accomplish, and honestly, it cannot do it alone. There is a huge myth circulating the entrepreneurial world right now that merely having a trendy and attractive website will bring you the right clients. That's just a load of crap, though. In order for your website to bring you new clients, it has to have several key features. And you have to do some ongoing work. And you and your website both need to avoid some wasteful and, dare I say, nonsensical practices. So if you're curious whether your website is making even just one of the mistakes that is preventing your business from growing, you need to hear today's episode. You're going to learn the answer to that question and what to do about it. Now, before we get into that, just a little reminder that if you have not followed the Kate Show podcast yet, you should go do that. You can follow me on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. And if you're looking for another design-related podcast to fulfill all your podcast binging needs, you can head over to designnetwork.org because that is a podcast collective on all things interior design, from actually doing the design work to crunching the numbers to marketing your design firm. All right, guys, let's just dive right in to how to make your website irresistible to new clients. Today's episode of The Kate Show is brought to you in part by your website. Wait, what? Is this right? Yes, your website emailed The Kate Show and did it by itself, by the way, okay, and like asked me to tell you something. Your website said it really needs a tune-up, maybe even a complete makeover. It feels bad that it can't send you more clients, and it wants to make it right with you. Oh, poor website. Seriously, though, if you're ready for your website to make you look professional and attract the right clients, you need to take action. Go to katethesocialite.com to check out our beautiful website templates. They're really easy to customize, and we even tell you exactly what you should say on each page of your website so that you can start speaking directly to your ideal client while also having better SEO. Go to katethesocialite.com to pick the website design that's right for you. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. This episode of The Kate Show is brought to you by Side Door. As an interior designer, a home stager, a window treatment professional, or a home organizer, you guys deal with products every day, many of which your existing audience would love to own. If you're dreaming of selling product through your website or through your social media platforms, but you just don't want to be bogged down by ordering and shipping and loads of inventory, you need Side Door. When Side Door entered the home industry in early 2020, they changed everything. Side Door lets you source and curate the perfect trade-only pieces for your customers' homes. And with their seamless platform, you can create product collections with ease. Curate an entire room, specialize in a certain aesthetic, or simply create a collection of, I don't know, your favorite area rugs. Whatever you know your clients love would make for a great Side Door collection. You curate the look, Side Door handles ordering and shipping, and you make money. Plus. 
You can sell each collection many times over, creating the perfect opportunity for recurring income. Or if you really just want to keep things simple, you can use SideDoor to buy products yourself at designer pricing without needing to have an account with various vendors or meet any of their required minimums. It's about power to the designer, people. If you're ready to truly scale your home industry business, go to OnSideDoor.com and apply to join. Now, let's get to today's episode. Before I dive into the details of making your website irresistible to clients, we need to first tackle the essential website features that you need to have, and they are a sales-driven homepage, SEO embedded into the copywriting, a lead magnet with email opt-in, and an easy way for people to contact you and or book a discovery call with you. Truth be told, guys, I spend a large part of my work week looking at the websites of home industry professionals across the globe, and they have all the main website platforms, Wix, Weebly, WordPress, Squarespace, all those things primarily. And I'm able to spot the websites that just don't work in like a few seconds. Now, that's not a superpower that I have, but rather it's the result of reinventing my own websites and those of my clients until I found the website design formula that actually converts well and tells a good story. Because when it all comes down to it, we sell things, we connect with people through stories. Oh, sure. The average website today might look really pretty. It might be very dainty. It might be clean and fresh, but I am 0% surprised when the owner of that website tells me they've never received a new client through their contact page. Now, that's not necessarily an issue due to the contact page itself. The issue is often with the home page, the services page, the about page, basically the entire website. <laughs> so that's why today I want to talk about the things that your website needs to stop doing, how to fix it, and then what you should do instead. So let's just get into that. Let's talk about the top mistakes to avoid in home industry website design. Number one, a minimal homepage that has an image and little to no text and like nothing else. It's just like your main menu and an image. And then it's like, Okay, bye. <laughs> Not only is this really bad for your brand because it tells your potential clients next to nothing, it's also really harmful to your SEO. If you skip the copywriting on your homepage, you are basically telling Google zilch about your business, zilch about your services, and absolutely nothing about the people that you want to serve. Now, here's the problem with that. Google crawls and indexes every page of your site, and it only uses the information that you provide. That's why your homepage must contain a headline that describes your ideal client, and it should also contain a smaller headline that lists your geographic service areas or states that you serve people virtually, because if you do not tell Google, Google will not know. Now, to be honest, your homepage should include nearly a dozen specific elements in order to function as a sales page. This isn't about looking like a magazine or getting overly artistic or clever. There's actually a specific layout that your homepage should follow. And this is like a huge conversation just on the homepage alone. So if you need to work on your homepage or if you suspect that you do, I want you to go do one of two things. Go listen to episode 18 of this podcast to learn the exact layout your homepage should follow or go look at the handcrafted website templates that we offer because those have been designed to my standards. 
And I'm not saying that my way is the only way or the best way, but I can tell you that my way works. It works really well. So if you are like, oh crap, my homepage is so basic. I don't think it has enough information on there. That's when you need to take action. Don't just worry about it. Don't just consume yourself in in all the client work that you have or in the fact that you don't have client work. I mean, honestly, guys, if business is slow right now, work on your business, not just in it, work on it. And working on your website is one of the big things that you need to do in 2021. All right. So the second mistake that people make on their website is talking about the business and not about the client. Business owners who haven't identified their ideal client tend to talk about themselves or their businesses more than anything else on their website. It makes for a very one-sided conversation that results in potential clients feeling really left out, really unheard, really misunderstood, and that is damaging to your brand. It definitely will not entice leads to contact you. So the solution to this is figure out who your ideal client is. If you do not know who your ideal client is and you are a business owner, your business is not going to be successful. I'm sorry. That is just the truth. Now, if you're like, I want to figure out who my ideal client is and I just don't know how, go to episode 45 of this podcast. There is a guide on how to do this. I walk you through all of it. If you're like, I think I know who my ideal client is because I know I serve homeowners in this geographic area and they have to make about this much per year to afford me, you're in the right direction, but you don't actually know who your ideal client really is yet. You have to get a lot more specific. And I know this is a tall order and it can feel so hard, but you have to do it. You do. You might think that getting specific about who you serve and about the services that you offer will somehow alienate other people from working with you, but the opposite is actually true. Being specific and creating a niche for yourself allows you to become known for something versus falling in line with countless other business owners in your industry who have opted to serve anyone who can afford them. Now, this might sound harsh, but a failed business is going to hurt a lot more than me being blunt on my podcast. I need you guys to understand that you will always have a hard time marketing your business and finding new clients if you do not know who your ideal client is. Now, you might think that marketing is burdensome. You might be trying random things and feel aimless, and you might be questioning whether anything on the face of the freaking earth will grow your business because nothing is working. This is the fate of a business owner who chooses not to niche down or to focus on a specific ideal client. So again, to uncover your ideal client, go listen to episode 45 of this podcast because it is going to walk you through how to uncover that. All right, so mistake number three is no sales funnel to support your website. Here's the deal. Most people who visit your website will not contact you. Maybe it's because they can't afford you, which is fine. You don't need to talk to them anyway. Or maybe they can afford you, but they're just not ready to hire you yet. That's also fine. But here's another problem. Maybe they didn't experience an intuitive path to working with you. They were like, I don't know where to click. She's got so many different calls to actions here, so many different buttons, or she's got no buttons. I don't know what to do or where to go. I'm just going to leave. That's not okay. A website left to its own devices is a forest. A sales funnel is a path through that forest that brings the right new clients directly to your door. This path might have various ways to connect, but the general layout doesn't change. So if you build a website, you cannot expect people to figure out 
whether they should work with you, where they should click next, how they should feel about your brand. It is your responsibility to carve out that path. So here is where I'm going to break down what that sales funnel looks like. I know one of my recent episodes also talked about the sales funnel. Consider this a refresher because I often need to explain this multiple times to people who are unfamiliar with the concept of a sales funnel, and that's totally fine. That is how most of us learn. We learn through repetition. So let's go over this again. I want to make sure you understand this because it's going to save you so much frustration, so many worried late night talks with your spouse, with your friends, with your business coach or your bookkeeper. Because if you have a sales funnel and you know how to manage your money, you can have a very successful business. So let's just go over this step by step. The first step of your sales funnel is to initiate a relationship. This can be done through your presence on social media or through real world networking. So offline networking. It can also be done through blogging. Maybe you do all three of those things. Maybe you do just one. It doesn't matter. These are all relational elements of your business and your ideal client is going to gravitate toward one more than the other. So maybe you have a really good presence on social media because that's where your ideal client is hanging out. Maybe your ideal client is not active on social media. I talked about that maybe a month ago on the podcast, maybe two months at this point. I don't know. I talked about if you offer luxury level services in the home industry, you're probably not going to get leads from social media. And there is a straightforward demographic data driven reason for that. So don't waste your time there. But you might have to really amp up your efforts in your person to person, real world offline networking, or maybe you need to really get serious about blogging because people are still going to find you via Google. It really just depends on your ideal client. But the step one of your sales funnel would be the relationship. How are you initiating that relationship? Now, quick caveat here. Ads, advertising, digital ads, Google ads, social media ads, print ads, they are not part of your sales funnel. Now, they might encourage leads to join your sales funnel if those ads are constructed properly, but... And I repeat, advertising online or offline is not part of your sales funnel. Don't rely on it to bring new business. You still need a sales funnel to support an ad in order for the ad to be successful. Otherwise, you're basically saying, I've got this car. It's a really great looking car, but I'm not going to put an engine in it. Well, that's really what happens when people set up an ad. It might look amazing or not. (laughs) It kind of depends. And then no sales funnel to support the ad. It's literally like having a car with no fuel. So it doesn't work and it ends up being a huge waste of money and really, really frustrating. So make sure that you have this sales funnel set up, that you're not relying on ads and that you make sure the first step of your sales funnel is initiating a relationship. How are people getting to know you? Do you have word of mouth referral sources? How can you get more of those? How can you ensure the longevity of those sources? How can you connect with more of the right ideal client? How can you get in front of them? How can you get them to know, like, and trust you? And a lot of this is done through partnering with someone that they already trust or through social media, if you know your ideal client is there, or by blogging about topics that are relevant to your ideal client. You cannot set up a sales funnel if you don't know who the ideal client is because you have to be speaking to them and only them from the very first step. Now, the second step of your sales funnel is a free offer on your website. And I really need to point out something here. This does not mean you offer a free consult or any sort of free service. Like 
sign up for my email and get half off your next, you know, throw pillow or half off your next whatever. No, no, no. Because that will only attract bargain hunters, if anyone at all. Your free offer must match the type of client you want to attract, and it must offer them something that is attractive to them. This free offer is called a lead magnet because it attracts leads. It magnetizes the right lead, lead magnet, okay? Kind of like how catnip magnetizes a cat. They're all about it. The right leads will come to your business if you give them the right sort of offer. And it doesn't mean giving away any part of your services for free because, again, you do not want to attract bargain hunters. This free offer, which could be a video, an ebook, a PDF, a guide, just any sort of lead magnet, it should live on your website because that is the first place people are going to go after meeting you in person, after meeting you on social media, whatever. However they come into contact with you from that first step, they're always going to end up at your website. We have so much data that proves this. It really doesn't matter how young or old they are. They are going to land on your website. If you blog regularly, by the way, Google will be sending people directly to your website to read your blog content. So again, your website must be up to par and it must include a lead magnet. Otherwise, your next potential client is going to leave your site without giving you any way to follow up with them. When someone signs up for your lead magnet, they should automatically receive it via email. And when they are signing up, that email of theirs should be automatically added to your MailChimp account, your Flowdesk account, or a constant contact if you still use that. That email that is automatically sent to this new subscriber should contain a welcome message from you, and that should also bring people directly into the third step of your sales funnel. But before I get to the third step, I need to do some more redundant activities here. (laughs) Let me repeat this for the people in the back. You don't have to manually send your welcome email to your new leads. This can be automated. And the reason why I'm really harping on this is because I've had a lot of people say, so, okay, I have a lead magnet. This is great, but it's kind of exhausting to like get notified that someone signed up and then go manually send it to them. And yeah, that would be super exhausting. Don't do that. Make sure that it's automated. I recommend you use MailChimp. Some people like to use Flowdesk. That's fine too. One of those two will be just fine. All right. So, Another thing to keep in mind is, again, make sure the offer that you have, your freebie, actually makes sense for who you're trying to serve. So as a home professional serving mid to high-end homeowners, you could offer a PDF, an ebook, or a video that explains what it's like to work with you. Avoid the DIY how-tos, like how to style a coffee table, how to organize your closet, how to stage your home, unless you want to attract DIY clients, of course. Like there's nothing wrong, by the way, with attracting DIY clients if that is in fact who you want to work with. I'm taking a break from this episode really quickly to chat about Side Door one more time. Why? Well, guys, I believe you shouldn't have to constantly trade hours for dollars in your business. And I bet you believe the same thing. If you are ready to take your home industry business to the next level, you need to consider signing up for Side Door. Sidedoor is the only platform that lets you create a custom shop of your favorite trade-only products. You make the sale and they'll handle ordering and shipping. Or you could just use Sidedoor to purchase products yourself at designer pricing without any vendor accounts or minimums required. It honestly doesn't get any more brilliant than this. So many of my listeners are already using Sidedoor and for good reason. You can sell products on your own website and even from your own social media profiles. It's pretty much genius. If you have dreamed about having an online shop, but you just didn't want to take care of the technology or 
having inventory or just all the headache and stress that can come along with that, SideDoor could be a great solution for you. Sign up at OnSideDoor.com. Now, let's move into the next phase. The third step of your sales funnel is ongoing communication. Once a potential client has entered their email address on your website to get your free offer, your lead magnet, they have to continue hearing from you about once a month via email. Not once per quarter, not once per week, not once every other month, because people will either forget about you or get annoyed with you if you bug them too much. Hearing from you once a month is the sweet spot. Plus, it's also really manageable for you to handle or it's really manageable to outsource. Now, this monthly email that you send out to your email subscribers should pertain to a service you offer without being salesy. So you heard that right. A profitable sales funnel is not salesy. It actually just serves people really well. I'm going to give you a few different newsletter or monthly email topic examples because some people will unfortunately have really, really long email newsletters or they will have newsletters that say a lot about nothing or a little about nothing. It'll be like, I went to high point. Here's a picture of my feet. <laughs> like, I kid you not, this happens. Or I just went to this staging conference and I learned a lot and I got these new certifications. That's great for you and for your colleagues, but your ideal client doesn't care about that. Like, how does it benefit them? They don't know. And they're not going to figure out how it does. They're just going to delete your email and then eventually stop opening your emails altogether. So you have to make sure that you are talking about things that relate to your business, but really, really do serve that potential client. So here are some ideas. An interior designer who wants more kitchen renovation projects should send a newsletter about how to prepare for a remodel, or he or she should share advice on different aspects of that type of project. So like, how do you budget for it? Should you live in your house while it's being renovated or should you move out? What are the pros and cons? What do you prefer as a designer? You can go into so many different aspects of these very detailed projects. A professional organizer who wants more whole house or whole home staging or organizing projects would focus on a different room or organizational style each month. So you could explain how your process works. You could share tips on how you do stuff along the way. Not so much so that they can go organize their own closet, but you can say, here is how I, as a professional, approach your really chaotic walk-in closet. Here's what I do in step one. Here's what I do in step two. And if you start to get nervous about the purging process, here is how I help you. And you could even share a client story if you have a client story to share. A home stager who wants more vacant staging projects could talk about different staging tactics each month, like just one or two. And these could be specific to a listing's size, location, or potential buyer in a way that makes sense to the real estate agent. Realtors like to learn. They like to look at numbers, and that's why it does need to be a bit data-driven. A window treatment professional who wants to sell more hard treatments could explain the variances between treatments or the different placements and uses of each, like why would you use faux wood blinds in the bathroom. Well, because it's a high moisture area, but the average homeowner doesn't know that or doesn't think about that. They just look at the aesthetic and think, oh, well, that's really pretty. I'll put it here. And then they get it and they didn't measure correctly and it looks terrible or the style isn't right. And they're just like really disappointed in their choices. This is where you can come alongside them to 
educate them to a point, but really just to show, hey, I'm the professional. I know what I'm talking about. Let me help you. Because that's what a sales funnel is all about. It's not really about being salesy. It's about being helpful. And people will see that you're so darn helpful that it's a no-brainer to work with you. Now, the sales funnel is not done yet. We do see conversions happening in, in step three when people are receiving the email newsletter and it's really exciting. We also see, at least with our Socialite Vault members, that when we are sending out newsletters for them, people will actually forward the email newsletters to their friends, their colleagues, their family. And then that person who's like once or twice removed even from the business that sent out the newsletter will then contact the business. So the designer, the stager, the organizer and say, um, I heard about you from so-and-so. I saw your newsletter and I need your help. That is so cool because even if you have a really small mailing list, you have no idea what it is capable of. It's better to have 15 people on your list who know you and love you than to have a thousand people who couldn't care less because you bought the list and they're never going to forward your email to anyone because they don't care and they're probably going to unsubscribe anyway. So just don't hate on yourself. If you've got a small list, you can still have a really successful sales funnel. So let's talk about step four. Step four of a sales funnel is the new client onboarding. That's the fun part, but it's also the part that people don't construct any processes around typically. And then your client onboarding tends to look different for each client. And you might get confused if you have a team or if you at least just have an admin, they're confused like, wait, where are we at with this? You have to make sure you have structured processes around that. And there are many different ways to do that. I know a lot of people who have more business experience than I do share their own client onboarding processes. So I want you to just figure out what works for you. Don't feel like you have to follow anyone's process specifically, but figure out what works for you and your ideal client. But like I said, when you start to consistently send out a monthly email newsletter, you will encourage responses from your list. It happens. When someone responds to your newsletter to ask a question or to book a call, your job from that point forward is to conduct a really amazing discovery call and to send them your onboarding information. That might consist of a guide that tells them what to expect next or a questionnaire or a contract review or all of the above. You have to make sure that you've got your parts and pieces in place and that you're not scrambling and making it up as you go because that will impact how that potential client feels about you and they might not become a client. So there is a lot of work to be done, but the good thing is a lot of this needs to be just set up once. It needs to be set up initially, and then it just needs to be maintained going forward. And you can make little tweaks and adjustments to it as you grow in your business. All right. So that's my big spiel on the sales funnel. And I'm sure that I'm going to be the crazy person in the old folks home who's talking about sales funnels and people are going to be like, what is she doing? Like, those are so outdated. Like, what are you talking about? But like, that's how important this is. It's like ingrained in my brain and I am going to talk about it until the day I die because helping you guys be successful in business and not waste your time and your money and help you guys be able to support and provide for your families and live out your God-given potential. Like that is what I was put here to do. So I'm going to rant about it a lot. So hopefully you guys don't mind that that whole spiel was a little bit redundant, but let's move on. So let's move on to mistake number four that people make on their website that doesn't make it irresistible to new clients. And this is a big one. It is a website imagery that does not reflect your best work. 
Your website photos matter, but not in the ways you might think. Now, if you're just starting out in business and you don't have photos of your work yet, or if you've been in business for a long time and you're just not proud of your photos, you do have some options here. Because the nature of the home industry is visual, your website has to include good images. That's a non-negotiable. So here are some solutions for you. In an ideal situation, you would use professionally photographed images of your own work and of yourself and your team throughout your website. It's not the case for everyone, but it's nice when it happens. In a great situation, you would have one or two professionally photographed projects that you put in your portfolio page and your homepage, and you'd also have a couple good headshots of yourself, and then you would just use some carefully curated stock images to fill out the other pages of your site, like the How We Work page or the Services page or maybe on your blog. In a good situation, you would have non-professional photos of your projects. Maybe you shot them with your iPhone and then you edited the lighting, and those photos are on your portfolio page, and then you have well-curated stock photos for all the other pages of your site, including your homepage. Guys, that happens a lot, by the way. There are so many designers and stagers and organizers who use stock photos on their homepage and on every page of their site except the portfolio. Don't ever use stock photos in your portfolio because that's just not right. But I want you to understand if you're just like, I'm so against stock photos. I will never use them on the homepage. I'll only use my own photos. And your photos are, well, you know, bad. (laughs) That's not helping you. That's not telling someone, oh yeah, I'm going to go hire him or her. So you really have to take a step back and say, if I didn't know me and my business, would I hire me based on the photos I'm using on my website? Well, you know, guys, you've got to ask that question and you've got to fix what you need to fix. Now, If you have non-professional photos, you can, like I said, edit them. And there is a free app for that. Uh, You can use Lightroom and then you can add like presets. That is a little techy. So if you're not techy or if you're just not interested in using Lightroom, you could use the free Tezza app. That's T-E-Z-Z-A. I use it. I think it's awesome because it's basically like using professional Lightroom presets without having to go through the effort of adding the preset to the app. So go check out the free Tezza app for that and then get those photos on your website. Okay. Now we've talked about the ideal situation, the great situation, the good situation. Now let's talk about the difficult situation. Let's just say you've got no photos of your work and no photos of yourself. If that describes you, you have to go ask a friend to take a photo of you, like right now. Edit it for lighting on the Tezza app, and then I want you to go style or organize or stage a space in your own home and take some pictures, edit them for lighting, put all the photos on your website. There is no other option. You have to have photos. Even the difficult situation can become a good one then. Now, if you have a large portfolio, I want you to just look at it and consider culling it, removing projects that don't reflect your best work or have become outdated. There are some people who will put every single project they've ever done on their website. And you have to believe me when I say nobody looks at every project. And if you have projects on there that you did 20 years ago, they are going to look dated. Like there's no way around it. Okay. Times change. So go remove the projects that are not your best work. 
All right, so mistake number five also actually has to do with your photos, and it's a big one. Because while the copywriting of your website, if done correctly, is going to contain all the right SEO keywords, your photos also need to contain keywords. So the mistake is no SEO keywords in your file names. So whether you're using a photo of your work on your website or you're just using a stock photo, each image file has to be renamed. It shouldn't contain a string of numbers or the project address or the client's name. It actually needs to contain keywords. And I'm going to tell you what they are. Now, it is better to rename these images before you upload them to your site. But if you're like, oh, crap, well, I just uploaded a bunch of photos. I didn't rename any of them. What do I do now? Typically, you can just go into your site and rename them. WordPress will let you do that if you go to the media gallery. Squarespace lets you do this for everything except banner images. Just literally Google how to rename photos for SEO and then type in your website platform name and you should be able to find a simple tutorial on it. It's kind of tedious work, but it will make such a huge difference. So let me just go through my three-step process of how to rename and resize your images for SEO because this is going to help your website so much. Step one, if your images are professional grade, they might have huge file sizes. And if that is the case, you need to compress them. So you could use a free image compressor. If you literally just go to imagecompressor.com, you can upload your photos. It will compress them without changing the visual quality. And then you download them back to your computer. And now they're light, airy, and they will load really quickly on your website instead of slowing your website down. Now, you need to make sure your photos are not any bigger than 2000 pixels in either direction. I do get that question a lot, actually. So I needed to throw that in there. Step two is to rename each photo by including keywords around your primary services and your geographic location. So for example, photos of your kitchen project could be named kitchen interior design for families in Atlanta, Georgia, because that says what the project is, who it was for, and what location. So you don't have to add tons and tons of keywords, but you do need to put those things in there because that tells Google what the photo is about versus saying, you know, uh, spruce drive kitchen. It's like, what? And often those photo file names don't even say kitchen because photographers don't have time to rename your photos for you. It's not their job. So make sure that you compress the images. Make sure you rename them. And the third step is really just a little tip. You can add a number at the end of each file name to keep using the same general file name over and over for each photo of that space. So if you've got that kitchen project and you've got a dozen images in that project, you can literally name photo number one, kitchen interior design for families, Atlanta, Georgia, one. The next image would be kitchen interior design for families, Atlanta, Georgia, two. Okay. So you don't have to come up with a completely new file name each time. You just have to make it a little different. And adding a number at the end is a nice way to do that. So, whew, guys, that was a lot. Those are the five mistakes that people are making on their website. And it's just a huge pet peeve of mine because you guys have so much talent and I want you to have all the business in the world. I want you to have the right clients. I want you to have a life that you really love and a business that you love. I want you to be excited for Monday morning. I want you to be able to take the weekends off. I want you to be able to take vacations with your families. And 
you need to make sure that you have the right structures and systems in place in order for that to happen because success is not an accident. So make sure that you have a sales funnel that supports your website. Now, if you need help with that, if you're like, I don't even know what my website needs, or I don't want to write a newsletter, what? Or I I know I need to do blogging to really increase my SEO, but like, who has time for that? Guys, if you need help with these things, you know, this is literally what we do, right? What we do in my agency. You can head over to socialitevault.com to get all sorts of help. Or you can certainly go to katethesocialite.com to check out some other services, including website design, website templates, all the things. So until next time, keep your marketing simple and your message clear. And I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.